From the West Coast. To the coast of please, for the love of God, arrest the cops that murdered Brianna Taylor. I've never heard of that, Lake Chalanga. This is the Coast to Coast NBA podcast. I'm Dylan. And I am Chalanga. Thank you so much, Chalanga, for joining us today. Even though you're on every single podcast, you are the guest today. Oh, it feels good to be the guest. A lot of pressure off my shoulders not having to host. It's such a hard job. So, Chalanga, a lot has happened in Minneapolis. A lot has happened near somewhat adjacent to you Mm -hmm. you've been involved in your community uh trying to make things right how do you feel right now i just want to give a space for you to talk a little bit about your feelings or your thoughts and go for sure well you know it's been really it's been a really intense month it's been a month now i feel proud of my city i feel really proud that people showed up and and kept showing up until we got what we wanted and not even everything but there's been significant change and real true change that has happened within minneapolis and across the world right and it feels like it feels like a big step and there is obviously a lot to a, a such a long way to go but the steps that were taken by the city feel good Obviously, Jacob Fry has got to go. That fucking clown. Like, oh my god, he's a clown. He's a clown, one hundred percent. Nothing but a clown. His dude. Yeah, he's horrible. The long walk. I think about that that long walk out of the protest as everyone's booing him. I think about that once a day. Just like it, when I'm feeling down, I just picture <laughs> Jacob Fry walking in his Morona shirt <laughs> as everyone's booing his ass. Um, Democrats are failing poor people. They are failing cities across the country, and they have been for a very long time, turning their police into militant forces and basically sicking them upon the American public, the, U- the United States public, and it's disgusting. It's yep. absolutely disgusting. And uh, it it's something that hurts all Americans, not just black Americans. It, it hurts all of America and it happens to hurt black Americans three times more often than white Americans. That Those are the statistics. Yep. Yo, we we learned, we're choir boys, right? We always learned that you're only as strong as your weakest singer. And so if there are people who are struggling... And Chalanga's our weakest singer. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> that that is true, but I just like I want to caution you about the racial implications of I know this I know. this metaphor. We're straddling a, a dangerous line here, Dylan. Uh, <laughs> um, but I also acknowledge that that is Wait, true. You you said that you were the weakest singer. <laughs> I acknowledge the truth in that, and sir, no, okay. Anyway. We got We have a lot of work to do. It was as both we, a good and terrible <laughs> analogy, Chalanga. Thank you for that. I feel like yeah, you're that is a microcosm <laughs> of uh, what is Coast to Coast as a podcast. Exactly, exactly. So, like, you know, we've got a lot of work to do as a nation um, to undo the wrongs that, you know, this, this country has historically done against black and brown people. Um, 
yeah, you know, it's just it's just really not over. I've been there are burned buildings all over the city. There is beautiful graffiti all over the city. There's 38th in Chicago, George Floyd Avenue is still blocked off and it's turned into like this just I mean it's artwork. It's is a, what it is. I don't even want to call it graffiti. Yeah, yeah, it's it's artwork and there there's been a lot of beauty to come out of the tragedy, but there's still so there's still such a long way to go. There's so many people in this city, in this nation who don't have a home, who don't know where their next meal is going to come from, who can't get a job. Who Jeff Bezos, you could end homelessness with a snap of a finger. It's, it and would world be hunger. it would be so easy. Um and I I like to see, you know, anecdotally the people in my circle who I would not have thought of as radical suddenly radicalizing. You know, if you can if you can call abolishing the police radicalizing, but you know, it's like it it feels like a really big paradigm shift in in the nation which mm-hmm. feels good i just hope that the momentum keeps up i hope it doesn't um i hope people don't just forget i've always been for uh abolishing the industrial prison complex or not i shouldn't say always but i i i began learning about this in college mm-hmm. right and uh i have personal situations that have enlightened me to all of this and it's a pretty messed up system. We have three million people in U.S. jails, and it's more more people in jails than any other country. And if you factor in, even if you factor in uh, population, because uh, we have a large population in the United States, we have more people in jails per capita than almost any other country. And it's disgusting in a in one of the richest countries in the world. That uh, it just it's it just proves. And this is me being radical, and you know I'm a radical freak, but it proves that capitalism is failing us, and we can't have it anymore because we can't have people uh, like Jeff Bezos and even Bill Gates. We can't have that. We need to put the money in the hands of the many. We need to let people who are working just as hard as these billionaires make a livable wage. And if that happens, then they're not going to be looting. Yeah, that's the problem with looting. The problem with looting is that the wages aren't high enough. People are feeling compelled to loot because they don't have the money to be able to buy these goods. Yeah, and it's so messed up. Anyway, yeah, it's not like um, it's not like any. I, I mean, I didn't go loot because I <laughs> have what I need for you know for the most part. I'm like okay, so I was like, y'all go do that. I'm and Shlanka, you're not even middle class. I know, <laughs> and I I'm not either but like the thing is i'm why well, I, I don't know maybe we're lower middle class we're not even yeah. at the 50 percent mark of america yeah and just my point is is that uh we have failed ourselves and i think classism and economic in- inequity and racial economic inequity has caused severe divides in the united states even like you think about poor white people they are being they are being turned against poor black people mm-hmm. because they're being told that they that they are better or that they could be better if if the poorest white person is told that this is the allegory that they're better than the richest black person they will take that because they feel like they've been treated unfairly yeah and it's fucked up that some people feel that way and it still exists and i know that there are many mostly white people but not always people that think that those 
thoughts and beliefs don't exist anymore, but we have seen it. We have seen it on video over the last uh, couple of weeks, and we've seen black men hanging in trees and uh, a black trans woman hanging in a tree very recently, and nobody should ever fucking hang in a tree. Nobody. And there's no black person who would commit suicide doing that. Well, look, look, look. There's no person. People generally don't commit suicide in public like that. It, people generally don't go to the fucking city hall to hang themselves in front of a tree in front of city hall. That's not what people do. That's what people do to people. That's what white racists do to black people to make a statement. So, I mean... The fact that they're not even being investigated is a hate crime in itself. And that that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, is, you know, there a, is there a one in 10 trillion possibility that, it, that there have been suicides? Probably not. But let's just say that there is. You're not even investigating whether or not this is uh, an act of malice. And it is. And because the it, cops yeah. probably did it. And if the cops didn't do it, the clan that is, you know, hand in hand with the cops. Feeling feeling very empowered. Yeah, they did it. You know, I mean, cops, cops are the clan. That's the roots. Cops come from slave catchers. It, it, KRS-One said it best. Officer from overseer. Right, I mean that's that's where we're that's where they come from, and you can't erase officers that. didn't exist until like police didn't exist until about when slavery was abolished. I believe the first police um, departments were created in like the 1840s. So when the abolishing slavery movement was starting, uh, like the, I think the Philadelphia police was one of the first ones in around 1840, and uh, it just it's very clear. That the tactic to uh, continue this economic inequality and racial economic inequality was uh, was acted out by these essentially these rabbit dogs that are patrolling our streets. Right, and you know that shit doesn't go away unless you make it go away. Things do not go away unless you make them go away. Just the last thing I want to say is that there are people in this country who because their great-great-great-grandfather was a slave owner and ran a plantation and had hundreds of slaves doing work and making money for him. They today still are multi-millionaires because that lineage from our bodies and the money that was made off of our lives and the work that we did is still influencing their life today so nothing goes away unless you make it go away that's all i want to say and we have to make it go away and this is the we as a a basketball podcast (laughs) nba podcast have decided to uh to engage in joe rogan's challenge he kind of challenged people who were trying to fight the systemic racism he didn't think that people like us who are actively fighting against this had any idea of what we actually wanted we just knew that there was something wrong well we have an idea of what we want on the coast to coast nba podcast and we are here to share that and that's not even to get into what you were just brought in lately uh the most recently was which is we need reparations yeah um 
it's it's very clear, like in Germany, there are many Ashkenazi Jews who were given reparations as a result of the Holocaust. Props to Germany for doing that. That's that's really great. That's really great. And the fact that that hasn't happened, and it's happened maybe in small amounts to um, like native communities, mm-hmm. but not nearly in the amounts that are are necessary. Sure. And the, and I'm, that's not even to acknowledge the education that, that has been lacking in those communities that have kept them from uh, keeping any money that they have been given by the federal, by the federal government. So right. it's, it's a, it's, um, it's a whole mess. Reparations are a totally different issue that we're not talking about today, except we're completely going into it right now. Yeah, we are. <laughs> uh, let's start with this. Joe Rogan, we want to abolish the police. We will fight until the police are fully abolished. Some of us started out with believing like, oh, let's enact police reform. Let's think about different ways that, no, that's not going to help. Because the only, th- the only thing that a banning a chokehold is going to do is going to make cops find ways to illegally chokehold their citizens. That's absolutely what's going to happen. So... Uh, the essential service of a police officer in 2020 is to manufacture crime by pulling people over for doing nothing, patrolling neighborhoods looking for usually black kids in hoodies who aren't doing anything wrong, but are looking, quote, suspicious, as they say. If this person that they are pulling over for nothing or patrolling and finding doing suspicious things in neighborhoods such as wearing a hoodie or being out too late which was why i was pulled over once i was pulled over for being out too late that is not probable cause but uh if this person that they're pulling over is not white these interactions can turn into violent confrontations quickly and obviously they can because police can ruin your life they can ruin anyone's life they can Take away your citizenship and your right to vote with a snap of a finger, and it's wrong. They can take away your life. Obviously. (laughs) And they can take away your life because Mm -hmm. they have lethal weapons in their hands. Why wouldn't you go into fight or flight when you are having one of these confrontations as Mm -hmm. a person who is innocent, even if you are innocent? Anything. I went into fight or flight when when handcuffs were put on me and I started screaming and crying and all this stuff because I felt like my life was being ruined and it wasn't even being ruined. I, I was being treated very unkindly, but it... It turned out that everything was okay. They dropped the charges, and I was I still had to fucking pay $500. Anyway, and I spent a night in jail illegally. Uh, just because of suspicion of marijuana. Suspicion of marijuana. It's fucked up. I just, you know, I just want to say, I, I just, I've been thinking a lot about the, the, the not all cops are bad thing, because a lot of people turn to that. You know, I, I know people who are related to cops and you know they they know that their person isn't a bad person or whatever blah 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 but they're trained to be yeah and and it's a systemic issue and so if if that's your stance then you should still be pro abolishing the police because your loved one who you care about who you think is a good person is also being failed by the system because if they actually want to do good they are existing in a system where they can't do good they're put in situations every single day where they have to either commit atrocities or risk losing their jobs because they step in and say, that's not right. Because that's what happens to cops who tell other cops to stop hurting someone. They get fired. It happens all the time. 
Or because of police unions, they, they get blacklisted. Yes, exactly. Police unions will always stick by the cops who are doing the most violence. And that's the horrible thing. There should be no police unions. It's antithetical to think that they need a, a union because they are the power. Precisely. So if you believe in good cops, then you should also be pro-abolition because and if the you system are, is fucked. And if you are pro-union, you should be anti-cop unions. Uh, okay, so how do we change or how do we prevent legitimate crime then? Mental health professionals, social workers, experts in de-escalation, people with non-lethal weapons can be out in these communities helping to make communities safer. Another way to make things safer, just education and economic equality. That is how you make communities safe. Because I know, as a man who has lived in these uh, more affluent communities, that cops don't typically kill people as often. Uh, people don't do as much crime. And why is that? Because there are less cops, and there's more education, and there's more economic justice. There's we more have, money. We have more money. And people who have money aren't getting so angry that they are incentivized to commit a crime. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're, they're committing a different type of crime, which we will get to later on. Is economic equality something that we can achieve immediately? No. Is abolishing the police something that we can, we can uh, achieve immediately? No. But cities like San Francisco have begun to decriminalize offenses. And now, most recently, they have abolished their police in a certain way. Most uh, police officer calls are going to be handled by social, social workers. And uh, this is going to be an incredible litmus test. Guns don't need to be involved in a case like Breonna Taylor, where... Uh, where drugs, where, where there's a, a sus suspicion of drugs, no suspicion of weapons, just a suspicion of drugs. The fact that armed soldiers are coming to people's homes with a, with a no-knock warrant or whatever is, it is that they had, where they are entering people's homes without their permission, that is going to incite violence, and that's what police are doing, and we need to stop that, which is why we need to begin the process of abolishing police across the country. We need to call them something different because the fact that police exist, even when I'm pulled over, my heart rate goes up when the police are pulling me over. But if, if I know that that police officer is doesn't have lethal options at the ready, I will feel a lot better. As I was saying before, uh, all, all law enforcement violence should not be tolerated and should be prosecuted with the same frequency as civilian violence. Obviously, law enforcement officers, as and as you were pointing out before, are not held in check by their co-workers they're not held in check by the courts they're not held in check by anybody all of these things even including covering up badge numbers and turning off body cams must be punished and severely punished i mean fireable offenses all of those things all police violence should be investigated every single account of police violence should be investigated now how do we prevent crime further gun reform Obviously, we've been talking about this. Liberal people have been talking about this for decades. We need to take, we need to ban assault rifles. We need to take lethal weapons out of the hands of both civilians and law enforcement. And these will make all communities safer. We want to make communities safer. Everybody wants that. Yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm a little bit, like, I believe that there cannot be, like, true peace and true justice if we have guns. But obviously the guns already exist <laughs> and uh, they are like a super integral part of our, our culture for some reason that is like 
it escapes me. I don't really understand. When our country was created, it was brand new, and there needed to be some way to prevent authoritarian government. Right. I mean, uh, probably to our founding fathers to prevent grassroots movements that were probably pro-labor and awesome, but... Yeah, uh-huh. Guns were made legal so that you could keep your government in check, and I understand the concept of that, but it in it is not uh, enacted properly especially as like our government becomes more and more controlled by corporations mm-hmm. you don't see the people with guns saying let's fucking go after the corporations <laughs> right right exactly you don't see any of that so <laughs> or the I, lobbyists point is i i look as, at gun reform as an avenue to you know a, a, an abolition of guns as well you know <laughs> just like removing guns from the country eventually um and as like i think uh, an important step at some point is incentivizing citizens to turn in their handguns and their hunting rifles and things like that. Um, whether it's through tax breaks or just paying them outright, blah, blah, blah. Um, it wouldn't even make those guns necessarily illegal immediately. Like hunters, people who are actually using non-assault rifles, non-automatic or semi-automatic weapons to hunt. People who use automatic weapons to hunt are not good people they're psychos when the second amendment was written there were not automatic weapons so you couldn't kill 50 people on the spot or as what happened in minneapolis it would be very difficult to uh shoot 12 people with a with a musket you you got you get one shot and you better hope you you hit otherwise you got to reload for like a minute which is why the constitution must evolve because society evolves because technology evolves. Also, um, if is, you if you are a staunch constitutionalist, like fuck you because those people sucked. Those people owned slaves. Those people committed genocide. Those people did horrible things to people. So if, if like the words that they wrote are your fucking bible, then like fuck off because the world is different now and we can understand that like those people committed atrocities absolutely they're not people to to look up to or to admire i mean we work with what we got but like you can't be a staunch constitutionalist unless you are pro-slavery and pro-genocide like fuck i just i just hate that argument so much yeah it's it's steeped in a lot of ignorance anyway uh abolishing the police is our first matter second matter gun reform yes obvious are you listening joe rogan (laughs) (laughs) because we're being very clear about what we want the third thing that we want is court reform currently district attorneys are incentivized to put people in jail we must incentivize district attorneys to protect justice not law enforcement their job is not to be law and order their job is to establish justice and promote the general welfare that's in the fucking preamble there are some good things about the Constitution. <laughs> that's one of them. Hey, we got to uh, use what we got. You know, that's that's what I'll say. They should be keeping people out of jail and they should be protecting civilian voting rights. We need to let as many people, as many good people, good, healthy, nonviolent citizens and their voting rights. Absolutely. The fact that our voter turnout is only 50 percent in most elections is disgusting and it's going down our literacy rates have been going up but in 1880 the voter turnout was 80 percent and now it's hovering around 55 percent and part of that is because of the enfranchisement of women but part of that is also because of the disenfranchisement of certain certain communities particularly of color well it, it seems every election cycle that 
your vote matters less and less. That, I mean, that's how I personally feel. Especially I, like, with gerrymandering <laughs> or mm-hmm. even with the concept of what a Senate is, which is 500,000 people in Wyoming, 50 million people in California. It makes no sense that they both have two senators. That system of Congress is wrong. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Anyway... We need to vote out all of the law and order prosecutors. This includes, and is definitely not limited to, Mike Freeman of Hennepin County, Jackie Lacey of Los Angeles, Thomas Wine of Louisville, and etc. All of these prosecutors, most prosecutors, are trying to put as many people in jail as they possibly can because they have political incentives. They have incentives from lobbyists. They have incentives from government. They have so many different incentives. They have monetary incentives. I'm not saying that they're being paid per person they're putting in jail, but... Their efficiency is determined by how many people they put in jail. One solution to this is to maybe pay public defenders the same as prosecutors. Give them the same amount of resources to prove the innocence of their clients rather than immediately plea bargain to avoid litigation. Another thing that that prosecutors do is they don't release discovery. Release all discovery, all evidence that could be used to prove a defendant's innocence should be used in every single case. Mm-hmm. Every single case. It doesn't make any sense. And if and if there is a if there is any semblance of an obstruction of justice, we must investigate each prosecutor for obstructing justice and hiding discovery, hiding evidence that can prove the innocence of any defendant. It's wrong. It happens every single day, and it happens with every prosecutor because what their job is is to put more people in jail. We should also make make sure that people like Donald Trump don't end up as president. Yeah. <laughs> I have Ooh. nothing to say about that other than everybody should be voting in oh, this race. Oh, man, I can't wait to vote for oh Biden. Holy shit. I'm, I'm, all, like, I'm all horny just voting, just thinking about voting for Biden. I think I'm going to go to the like fucking polling booth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close that curtain. I'm going to jerk one off really quick because I fill in that little circle for Joe Biden. Uh, I'm like, yes, I'm so happy. Ah. Unfortunately, we had a legitimate candidate that people uh, did not want to. Is that who's knocking on the door? No. No. Uh oh. No, not again. I wanted to just say that we must we must Fuck. abolish the industrial prison complex. Hey, actually, Wait. you know, usually Bernie, I'm not happy when you show up, but right now I really miss you. And uh <laughs> I'm I'm really happy that you're here. Bernie, you beautiful seventy eight year old man. Uh nobody should be seventy eight years old and president, by the way. Nobody <laughs> should be above seventy and president because you're not you're not even gonna be living in the future of America. We need we need people who are actually going to be living in the America that they're creating. Dude, it's like I I don't really want my grandparents to do anything except just like chill and be happy. Like that the only thing they should be responsible for is just chilling and being being happy cuz they keep telling me the same story over and over again. So I <laughs> like come on. Joe Joe Biden, if he gets elected, was he going to be 82 by the time he's done? Jesus Christ. I don't want to be ageist either. Like, uh, that's ages, I, I ageism. I do. Is a it, little bit. A, a little bit. There is a reason to have people who are going to be living in the society that they're creating, creating the laws for people who are living in it. Right. And, and people who are not mentally fit should not become president. It's obvious. But now we have two candidates that are not mentally fit. So... We are forced to, cho- to choose between the two, and it's messed up. We need to abolish the two-party system. But that is not part of 
this discussion at all. Yeah, let's bring it for back now, to what Bernie said about that p- prison industrial complex. Thank you so much for keeping us moving along on this podcast. You're welcome. You're welcome. Vote Bernie 2020. I mean, Biden. Bernie, we know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we need to decriminalize all nine violent offenses and get these people out of jails. Once again, three million Americans are, inc- are incarcerated currently. That shouldn't be nearly that high, not in a first world society. And the reason why they are is because there are corporate interests that are keeping people and growing the amount of people that are going to jail every day. Yep. Uh, we need. N- we want no more private prisons. We want to end prison labor. So that you know, that's an interesting conundrum. Is like, what is what are prison? What will prisons look like if all nonviolent offenses are decriminalized? Blah blah. blah. But I, I just, I just really the the fact. I mean, it, it's modern day slavery. The uh, the the amount of labor that we get from our prison system, where these people are paid, you know portions of sense <laughs> for what they're doing um, i think there are more people incarcerated currently than th- there were ever african-american slaves in the united states that is fucked up it's fucked up and uh all you can do is is work for nothing and you know educate yourself i mean there there are options to educate yourself but i don't know prisons are prisons are fucked up Period. We need more of that. Okay, so there are corporate lobbyist groups that have that whose interests are in growing prison systems or growing incarceration systems because now they're trying to uh, grow the amount of um, at-home incarceration or uh, where people are wearing bracelet, ankle bracelets and stuff. Uh, that stuff also needs to be ended for nonviolent offenses, all of these things. Um, we need to limit the amount of people who are being punished unfairly uh, and punished overly punished because when you overly punish someone just think about it when you're overly punishing a child for something that they barely did wrong that is teaching them that it is okay to overly punish people and then they create they start having that own that behavior themselves and that creates crime that's what creates crime is over punishment with no incentives no positive incentives to make that person a better person okay uh so there's a specific corporate lobbyist group called alec that is discussed in the 13th and Alec is a mix of corporations and politicians. It's a lobbyist group that uh, writes bills to support the, in- the industrial prison complex and concepts like mandatory sentencing, federal prison funding, etc. Um, as I was saying, now their objective is to take people out of prisons and put them on uh, home arrest. And there are companies that are making ankle bracelets and other things, making systems to monitor people at home. Um, that are a part of ALEC that are funding all of this, that are trying to create all of this and create bills that uh, senators can just literally, all they do is they just write their name into the bill and then it's literally just word for word what ALEC has written for them. And there are other companies involved, like prison vendors in food, healthcare, all of the phone companies that are involved in uh, in calling from jails mm-hmm. they are hiking the prices as much as they as much as they want and creating an incredible profit margin for themselves and taking it honestly they're taking it from our tax dollars yeah we need to abolish corporate lob- lobbying altogether and specifically corporate lobbyists such as Alec who are trying to just create larger prison systems and this isn't something that is just a republican problem obviously the clintons introduced a bipartisan bill in 1994 that created the militarization of the police state and 
created a lot of the problems that we are seeing today with the prison systems growing. And uh, a lot of these prison companies didn't exist until the last 40 years because Democrats couldn't win on being soft on crime. Somehow the narrative became bi- bipartisan that we need law and order. And it, that is wrong. All like social workers and all people who have studied how to uh, how to properly train children have noticed that the if most effective way to train children is with positive incentive, right? And not with negative incentive, not with uh, yelling and that things. Like that. But you exactly. need to give them something that will give them an incentive to not do the bad thing. I don't. I don't like. I don't like using train children. Teach children. We teach children. We don't train them. We teach them. <laughs> I guess. I guess training does sound like you're giving giving them negative incentives, like such as beatings and stuff, to train to train. But, yeah, and uh, I think yes. I think like if we're teaching if we're, is a better word. If we're going totally like anti-military, anti you know um, violence, then we should say train or teach instead of train. Um, okay, that's fair. I'll take that. So in the same vein as teaching children with positive incentives, how do we help teach the actual criminals, the violent offenders, to exist and be a positive force in society? Well, a Norwegian prison named Haldenfengsel gives us a great blueprint. The living conditions are far superior to U.S. prisons, and their goal is to simulate life outside of the prison. The recidivism or re-imprisonment rate in Norway is 20% after two years. The U.S. recidivism rate is 36% after two years. Despite Norway having far less prisoners per capita than the U.S., 60 per 100,000 people versus the U.S.'s 600 per 100,000 people. Norway's recidivism rate is about half of the U.S.'s. So, Joe Rogan, here are our demands. Number one. We want reparations and educational and economic equity amongst all races. Mm -hmm. This will reduce crime and make police forces unnecessary eventually and will lead to the abolishment of the police as we know it, which is our number two. Number three, we want to reform the U.S. courts. We must establish true justice for all people and not just some with money. And then number four... We can abolish the prison system and correct the correctional facilities. And with that, Shalanga, I think that's our podcast. Suck it, Joe Rogan! The most important thing we need to do is treat people with love and care. Um, working at a, at, a, at a school, at an elementary school especially, has really changed the way that I look at the world because... I have kids who do really bad things um, and they hurt people and they're mean and they might get suspended. They might have to go home. Um, but we always welcome them back with open arms, with a smile, with love and, and with care. And there's no reason that that should go away just because you're not. 10 anymore you know everyone should everyone should be treated with love and with care and with compassion because at the end of the day no matter what you do you're still a person um and uh there's just there's enough in this world for everybody 
Uh, that's that's what I've learned over these past over this past month is that there's enough for everybody. Ten point one billion people could be fed in the world, and instead, ten million people <laughs> die of hunger each year. Yeah, there's enough for everybody. We just need to treat people well and and give what we can when we can because our government isn't changing until we change, and uh, if we change, we can change the world that we live in. So. That's just kind of that's that's where I, that's really what I've been feeling the the past couple weeks, past few weeks. Just care. I'm sick of this. Like, oh, I don't want to talk about politics. That's basically just an excuse for you to not talk yeah. about things that make you feel. And bad. at this point, everything is politics. We need to talk about the things that make us feel bad because if we don't, bad things will keep happening. That's the problem. We want to prevent bad things from happening. That's why we're doing this. It's not about stick to sports. Sports are politics. Everything Mm -hmm. is politics. Everything is economics, and therefore it's politics. Everything is racial, and therefore it's politics. You can't you can't erase race. (laughs) Uh, Not not here. Not anywhere. So, what I've been saying, my mantra lately has been: the more we do it, the more we can. And I know that somebody has said that. I don't know who, but I've just been. That is like so true. The more we care, the more we can. All lives won't matter until black until black lives matter. That's what it is. Like until black and indigenous lives matter, then fuck all lives matter because black people and indigenous people have been the sub the subject of atrocity after atrocity after atrocity from the moment that white people step foot on this land. Chalanga, thank you so much for joining me in this conversation. And uh, I'm sorry that I talked so much. I'm glad I could come on. I know it, it took me a while to to want to come on because I wanted to gather my thoughts. And, you know, the it's been a, a hard and challenging month. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that I had this platform to sort of talk it out. So thank you, Dylan. That is it for this episode of the Coast to Coast NBA podcast. I'm Dylan. This is Chalanga. Yo. Follow us on social media. We are at Coast to Coast NBA on Twitter at Coast to Coast NBA Pod on Instagram, Coast to Coast NBA Pod at gmail.com. Wait, or is it Coast to yeah, Coast, 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 Coast NBA Pod it? at gmail.com? Yo, you need to practice this, man. I had to practice. That's how I got so good at it. Tony B made me do it. Uh, RIP Tony B. And follow us on all the socials, all this stuff. Email us, please. We don't get emails. Chalanga said he'd continue the podcast if we get emails. So that's real. That's actually a real thing. He's like, maybe I would have continued doing the podcast. So anyway, Chalanga, this has been great. Let's get out of here. All right. Bye.